0: All right then, so if we are good, then I believe it is episode 11.
1: It's 11, kid. Season 11 2. 11
0: of the Stuck on Stuff podcast. Snuck, what up, yo? It's
1: Yo, today's episode, Luga Alexander and the Walking Fortunes presents Bodega Alexander. Hey. Located on 102 Winthrop Ave in South Lawrence. Grand opening is December 1st. Right down the street from Lawrence High, everybody go check out Bodega Alexander. What's December first? Is it like a clothing store? No, it's just straight everything. Bodega, all your all your corner store needs right there. This ain't gonna be no regular corner store neither. They're gonna be having ciphers out front. It's gonna be some crazy shit. I'll give more details as the week go on. But this uh, week stuck on stuff is brought to you by Bodega Alexander. Shout out
0: to Bodega. And for this we got this week,
1: kid? Today's a big
0: episode, one. I do feel like this is a big one. This big one, one is gonna cement us in the podcast world and make us super official. We have writer, journalist, historian. He doesn't like uh, to be called tastemaker, but not, I no. think he <laughs> is a tastemaker in Boston. He was the dude that. When I started to come out, I said, "Yo, I gotta get this dude to say that I'm okay." Right. Dart Adams makes some noise for Dar Adams in the building.
1: How you doing, brother? I'm good. I'm good. Man. Good to see you,
0: Dart, Thank you for coming, man. We really appreciate it, brother. Thanks no for letting no. us
1: in, Stiz. No doubt. That's what Fuck. I'm here for. A little oh cold outside, yo, kid.
0: It is break outside right now, bro. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. Yo, I feel like I would have traded, like, because I feel like we had, like, a real nice October. Like, there was days where it was, like, fucking 80 degrees.
1: Shit is weird right now, I kid.
0: I would have traded that little Indian summer to not have it be so cold fucking brick Dog. city right now but i guess it was gonna come either way yeah. regardless so. you still
1: got a cigarette in though didn't it you is,
0: i know but yo these 20 degrees six yeah it's these times where i'm outside free, freezing like yo i don't know maybe i should quit
1: you <laughs> saying that shit every week <laughs> no, yo let's get right into I'm it yo and i know they're gonna hear this shit on monday but this shit right now, we were recording a couple days early this week. Eminem My just boy. dropped a new song. He your did. man. He did. Your man Eminem just dropped a new song.
0: And I'm not going to lie. I don't know how I feel about it. Well,
1: you told me how you feel about it. and You do not like it at all. I don't. Dart didn't hear it yet. We just played it for Dart. So we're getting Dart's live literally like yeah, this just really heard awesome. this shit. Yeah, dart's live I want to know him, what man. Dart Adams thinks of this shit be, before I say what I think. It's fucking trash. Oh, um, shit. But, here's, but here's He's starting the thing. off crazy, this but, but,
2: but here's the thing. Um, I've been listening to Eminem. For like, okay, so it's 2017 now. So I've been listening to Eminem for over 20 years. Or yeah. 20 years or God, over 20, right? That's crazy. And, it's been that has been long. And so I was half my age the first time I heard Eminem. Right. When he was like a battle dude from Detroit with the hip hop shop was like still around. Yeah. Right. And this does nothing for me. All right. You know what I'm saying? Like. The first three Eminem albums, uh, definitely the first two Eminem albums, I feel the classics. The third one, I, I waver back and forth on mm, if it's not. It's
0: got
1: a few joints. I think the third one's the best musically. Yeah. But All after are,
2: yeah. that, I didn't want to own any Eminem albums. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would listen to his albums and be like, eh.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Encore definitely was super eh. Uh, what came after that? was the fourth one?
1: Fourth one was Encore?
0: Fourth yeah. Fourth one was Encore. Eminem show, Encore. I liked the fourth then one. It, it was like wasn't a on a level. It was hits level. thing. Right, then right. I mean, yeah, Encore had like a couple joints that I would play like once in a while. Like I appreciated. Because he was some still spitting
1: it, in that same kind of way, a little on Encore.
0: Yeah, um, you didn't like Recovery Dart. No. I like, like recovery
2: or relapse. I mean, I heard them and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Then I heard relapse. I'm like, all right, I understand. I was like, just stop making albums.
1: Well, what about Marshall <laughs> Mathers LP? A lot of people hate that shit. I no, thought LP Martial part M- two was really Mather's good.
2: Marshall Mathers LP is dope. Part two? There was a part two? Yeah. I didn't <laughs> fuck <laughs> with it at yeah. all.
0: Yeah, I yeah. yeah. What was the single off uh, LP two? I don't uh, know. The Rick Rubin shit. was terrible. The Rick Rubin shit. The shit about the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, I like that.
2: Eminem is one of the greatest MCs of our generation, but he's Facts. also made some of the worst fucking singles of yeah, our generation. He, a
0: lot of people say he has he has a shitty time picking singles. I've heard that. He also has a horrible times.
2: ear for beats, but don't forget that. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: that's honestly easy why. Hit, easy Money hates the yeah, beats on the last shit. That's honestly, though. Oh, oh the last shit? Oh, that's LP2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LP2, two. LP two, But yeah. that's honestly why I liked Recovery, because he stepped outside of the, Dre's going to produce everything, and he hooked up with like Khalil, and he hooked up with um, Boy Wonder, and- and I thought I thought we got some good beats out of yeah, that. Yeah, we got some great instrumentals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are we gonna get some Dre shit on this? You think? I would imagine. Yeah, but,
1: I
2: would but imagine. But if you say we're gonna, are we gonna get some Dre shit? Is it gonna be Dre shit?
0: Right. Yeah. That's a. That's or is it gonna thing. be Dre
2: and somebody else he worked with?
0: Right. But so here's the thing: like, people get older. Eminem isn't. 25 anymore um eminem is is probably is mid-40s i'd say is super fucking rich probably um is a is a dad he's been a dad for a long time but now he has kids that are you know older now coming into their own Mm -hmm. um he's been through sobriety now he's sober um and i can say speaking as someone who went through the drug thing and is now kind of doing the sober thing like i smoke trees but i don't i don't drink really anymore i don't I don't do drugs. I mean, you do. That does do something to you. I mean, I've heard the argument even with rock and roll where people say, like, you made better music when you were getting fucked up. Right. See, that's the thing. Here's and the I thing. I wonder if. Here's the thing. I don't think that's true. I don't, Slane will tell you that's not I true. I don't
2: agree yeah. with that because Slane is going to be one person that I use as that example. Thank but you. But there are a whole bunch of artists that make better music. After they get lucid and clear, and they can think straight, and they're living straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eminem, I don't think that it, that's the issue. The issue is that Eminem has never lost his 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 uh, his ability to rhyme. Eminem has never lost his his hunger to rhyme words or yeah. attack the English language and flip it and manipulate it. He does that like very Noel. well. Yeah. He just yeah. it's just it in an album, musically context. I don't give a fuck. Right, I think he's a great MC. So what, I'd love to see his what, freestyle. You hear a song? Hold
1: on, what would make you give a fuck?
2: A fucking time machine.
1: All right, so it's like that. It's
2: 2017. I don't give a fuck to hear an Eminem album.
1: So then, so then, what about Jay?
2: Jay Z. I don't want to hear a fucking Eminem. I want to hear an Eminem album. I want to hear Jay Z. Alright, As long you as know, you're like,
1: consistent. As long as you're keeping it consistent. I don't. I don't Cause, look because I look, I give up for he, both I, of them. I want to hear a
2: Cool G rap album.
1: I don't give <laughs> right, a fuck how right. old he is. I want <laughs> right. to
2: hear a Cool G rap album. Uh. Master Ace, I don't care how old Master Ace gets; he could be sixty. I want to hear a Master Ace album. All right, okay. Those are people that make albums I want to hear, regardless. Right. Jay Z stopped making albums I gave a fuck about a long time ago.
1: So See, I, said, I don't yeah, know. You know. I fucked so with. I like fucked like
0: with 444. I fucked with that shit. 444.
2: This sounds like a leftover. But here's from the thing. Here's the thing about 444. Yeah, you said that. 444. Could Is be. it a good album? Yes. Do I want to ever hear it again? No. There's a couple wow, joints. I think no I way. think Jay Z is capable of still making good albums. The question is, do I give a fuck? Okay. Individually. So you
1: don't individually give a fuck because I, I think he just did made a dope album. Yeah,
2: I think Jay Z actually made a pretty good a pretty good yeah, album. Definitely but better than. The I'm last never shit. going to play that shit again. It's in my iTunes yeah. right now.
1: You know what I'm saying? But let's say that 44. week it dropped. That week of Magna Carta. Oh yeah. That, that Magna week- Carta
2: was fucking horrible to me. Magna Carta Holy Grail. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was. He sounded like a forty-something-year-old trying to rap like a twenty-something. Well, year Well, I yeah. loved it because
1: he's my number one. But when you go back and you know what I'm saying, and now that it's, oh, you know, high inside twenty twenty, when you place yeah. it where it needs to be placed, it's not even close, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it's,
2: it's it's like the same thing where it's like I love, I'm gonna love Public Enemy forever. If Chuck D's giving a lecture, I'm gonna be there. Do I want to hear a Public Enemy album? No. I my last Public Enemy album I bought was twenty five years ago. It was called Greatest Misses. Wow. I'm never buying another, I don't want right. to hear another Public Enemy album. I know you said And it's not that Public Enemy's mm-hmm. whack, because people could tell me all day, it's like, yo, Public Enemy still makes good music. They'll play me a song. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> good. You I know like what I'm saying? It. And it's like, we have to understand, like, Ice Cube is going to forever be a great dude. I don't want to hear a fucking Ice Cube album anymore. Not the last Ice Cube album I ever wanted to hear, I bought with my own money, was Lethal Injection in 1994. Right. And when I heard that album, I was, I was like, oh, I'm done.
0: Who's a new artist that you're fucking with right now?
2: There's a whole lot. Um, matter of fact, there's a, a album by these guys, Mutant Academy. It's um Concept Jackson, Concept Jackson, and um and Fly Anakin, and they did an album with this dude Twami, this producer. Um, that album's dope. I listened to that all day today, man. Where are they from? Um, Virginia. Virginia. They're from Virginia. It's like I listen to a bunch of new cats. It's just that I don't listen to a lot of mainstream yeah. new cats because for whatever reason, mainstream rap. There's no real vetting process, and it's boring, and they can't rap, or they don't make good music. I don't care what label you're on. I don't care if you're mainstream or hardcore or whatever. All I care about is that you make good music. I'm an album guy. Work. Yeah. To me, singles are just preludes to an album. I don't give a fuck how good that song you got. You're not hot because you have a hot song out. Back in the days, you were hot because of the hot song because it's leading
0: up to an album. Your
1: mind's not hot.
0: Your mind's not hot. We'll yeah, we had, it, that we had this too. discussion
1: about singles and albums. I when was it, just going to say that. We had tell them. We had Marcella Cruz <laughs> on and shit. Because it is now. We, we, we were we, wondering. We think of things in terms of albums. Yeah. Me as an MC, when I make a song, I say, yeah. fuck, this is an intro, outro. Now nah, this is a. Yeah. That's how we think and, and when we're creating shit. That's not how the world thinks now. Not the world anymore, thinks no. in singles or even tringles. Like Marcella yeah. dropped yeah, a yeah, tringle yeah, yeah. three yeah. at once. So it is. I know you think in album form. Because yeah. I do as well. But the world ain't, ain't thinking in those no. terms right and now. And that's well, what we were wondering which is, tough, you is you know? if
0: is if for an artist like myself or like Snuck, if it's better for us to maybe just try to drop dope singles well, yeah. instead well, see, of nowadays, now, so. yeah.
2: Nowadays, yes. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Um we're going back, we're reverting because time repeats. I'm a historian. Right, right. History repeats itself. Um back before the LP era happened, like the forties up until like the early sixties. Everything was single-based. Like, if you look at the early um, artists in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Mm. they are all people that had 400 million singles. And their albums were just a collection of singles and people, right. and they just put them out just to be LPs. Yeah, people didn't give a right. fuck about albums.
1: Almost yeah. every joint on an album would yeah. would have As been a, a single. single. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Nobody yeah. gave a fuck about albums. All everybody cared about was buying that 45, buying that forty-five, buying that forty-five. Do you so, remember
0: when singles were there? Like I yes, remember buying singles yes, on singles. Because CDs when I was like, shit. okay the I I remember
2: I was born in 1975. 1976 was the first year that they made 12-inch singles. Okay. Everything used to be 45. So when I was growing up, my father and my mother and my uncles, everybody had a stack of 45s with their names on them that I like I inherited. But like, um, everything was single-based until like 1967, 68, 69. And then everybody had to focus on making albums. And then it changed radio.
3: Mm.
2: Um, Cause radio was like, all right, now we're gonna program for s- albums, mm-hmm. and then there's the single from the album. So you have your album, which is the twelve inch, then you have the out al- the single, which is the forty five. But you had the B
1: side, and and that was the dope yeah. part is you got a B, B side, and then you gave you something a to look side. forward to on the album. Yeah, and then it, 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 instrumentals too as yeah. well.
2: But here's the crazy part is that sometimes you had the A side and you had the a double A side, so they're both singles. Mm.
1: Oh shit!
2: So so that shit changed the whole game. But nowadays everything is single based again because everybody streams everything. Everybody listens to everything on Spotify right, yeah. or whatever the hell. Um, as an artist, access.
1: you, you got to adapt to that as an artist yeah. or so you get left behind. It yeah. just is what it is as an artist.
2: People, albums are, are a fucking afterthought nowadays. Right, Everything is a playlist. Mm-hmm. Everything's a playlist. When I was coming up, the playlist was full of singles from albums. The whole point of making a playlist, uh, making a mixtape is so people go look for their album. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's completely yep, different yep. now.
0: I love, and, and I I miss the days of like an album that like kind of st- told a story yeah. throughout it. Um, I miss skits a little bit when they were done well, I yeah, guess I right, would say. Right. Um, but I, I liked albums, you know what I mean? Like I, I did. Let me ask you this,
1: uh, Doc, speaking of albums, mm-hmm. what's the worst album that you own? Or or an album that say you love, but everybody else fucking hates that shit.
2: Well, see, here's the thing. Albums that I love that everybody hates are strictly because... um. Of like taste, and like I like some abstract shit. But it's an opinion question. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, an opinion artsy, question. Artsy, so uh, um, I, I'll say like an album that I think is incredible, that I love, that other people just like I don't hundred percent get it. It's like um, there's a group out of Chicago called um Rubber Room, and they made an album called Architectology. I consider it a classic rap album. Wow. And it's like when I run across people that love that record, it's like I just made a friend for life. It's like yo, you love that shit. You know what I'm saying because not everybody really yeah. gets yeah, that yeah, yeah, album. Yeah. It's a really hard, dense, super heavy lyrical album. When is that from? Um, it's 1998 underground rap. Um, they were on Indus Records. They were like friends with this group called this dude called Tharfor. It's like really underground, molemen like that whole Chicago rap era. All right. This is like Kanye-esque time. Kanye, Grav, Autumn Cats. All right. So um,
1: I have no Juice, idea, but I believe. Juice, um
2: it was one of the greatest greatest battle rappers of all time, J-U-I-S-E. He battled Eminem, too. M, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like um What was the other part of the question?
1: Uh, it's just the worst album that you physically oh, the own? The worst
2: album that I physically own? Yeah, yeah. Um I'm gonna have to give that to um there was this dude out of Philadelphia who was down with like Kwame. And he was signed to Rough House in like 1990, 1991, called Larry Lair. He made an, yeah. album, call, he made an album called The Wizard of Odds. <laughs> and I bought it for 6.99 from Tower awesome. Records. And I to this day, if I ever see Larry Lair, because he lived in Massachusetts. <laughs> no, dead ass. Larry Lair lived in that. Massachusetts for the longest. He went to school here. And if I ever run into Larry Lair, I'm going to ask him for my
0: 734 <laughs> That's awesome. Yo, so Dart, talk a little bit about like how you came up. Like how you came up in this Boston scene and and how you... Um, started How, to become yeah. a voice of. How did Dot uh, Adams become Dot Adams? Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay. Um, basically, I lucked out in every way possible. Like I rolled the fucking ninety nine with a fucking hundred sided die. Mm. Um, in in about three different respects. First of all, I was born and raised in the South End, Lower Roxbury. Um, I was grew up on Mass Ave, uh, right before Boston City Hospital. Now it's now it's Mass General or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, no, 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 no. Boston Medical Center. My yeah. mistake. Um. But whole mile. Yeah, I grew up between on Mass Ave between Tremont and Columbus, and my cousins were in Orchard Park Projects, and one of my cousins was best friends with a guy named Ralph Tresvant. Mm. Um. Amazing. And and um. My cousins, uh, Dion and Baron, and then I had like all these other cousins there, but they were friends with like this whole group of kids. And that group of kids included Ralph, Bobby Brown, <laughs> uh, Ricky, uh, Mike, I, I Bobby Brown. Um, and then on the other side, I have family from um, my – I'm half on black and half Honduran. My Honduran side of my family, um, my first cousin on my Honduran side is this guy named um, Marco Antonio Ennis, who is known as E. Devious
3: mm-hmm.
2: or um, Antonio Twice Thou mm-hmm. of Almighty RSO and mm-hmm. also Antonio in salty clothing. Wow. So, um, and then my other cousin on my mother's side is this guy named, um, danger or Dane and Dane is Dane of the M.I.C. Okay. So I was, and then Boston is the size of Shaq's left shoe. Right. So everybody who was in the music industry, everybody who was rapping, everybody who was singing all knew each other. And I was a little kid in the middle of all that.
1: So That's dope.
2: I, I I lucked out, and um, so my big brother used to hang out hang out with my cousin Baron. My cousin Baron would always hang out with the dudes from um, from New
1: Edition.
0: That's funny because I was watching the the BT did that little uh, three part. The New
1: Edition thing, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah.
0: And I was watching it, and like when New Edition started to pop a little bit, and they were showing like in the streets of Boston, and they were singing for all the kids. And I just remember thinking like, wow, like I wonder what that was like to be oh. to see that. Yeah. to to like literally see that and be like oh my god like yeah i know these kids and then all of a sudden yeah. a new edition because you going, had to see Whoo! it because it was yeah. no
1: social media bullshit yeah you have, you yeah, to yeah. See it's not it. like yeah. it
0: was today man yeah. like yeah. you were seeing that shit out on the streets like yeah. what was that like that's fucking uh, dope
2: okay so um i was a kid and um so my cousins would come to the crib or my cousin baron would come to the crib and he would come get my brother and my sister would and it was like four of us so my sister was like i'll stay with the baby my younger brother and she was like, but you got to take him. Mm. So I was always trailing behind them. I was like seven and eight, but they're older. So they're like anywhere between seven and nine years older than me. And I was always around for shit I wasn't supposed to be around for yeah. as a little kid. Right. Conversations I wasn't supposed to be privy yeah. to. So um. that's kind of what happened. So I was around for the early days of New Edition when they started recording Candy Girl, when they were doing the talent shows. I was hearing about it. I was seeing girls react to them in the streets and pee themselves and crash That's bikes. Crazy. And like, because I, I used to tell stories on Twitter about like this time this girl um, saw New Edition, crashed her bike, skinned her knee, and had damn near peed herself. And she's going crazy for <laughs> New Edition. And I'm the little kid who doesn't understand. And I'm like, um, you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're bleeding. And right. like hit me like, yo, be quiet, be quiet. I was like, yeah. yo, did you pee yourself? You know, I don't get it.
1: She didn't give a rat's yeah. ass.
2: But like, they blow up or whatever. The album comes out and it blows up, and then they're gone. Right? They're they're like overseas. Yeah. They're, they're doing tours or whatever, and it's like that's just the guys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like ain't that's around no more. Like Ralph ain't Ralph. He's Riz. You know what right. I'm saying? There's Bobby. Bobby's been Bobby forever. Bobby used to. Bobby used to be in dance groups. You know what I'm saying? Like they used to. Everybody used to do different shit. So like. Right. Boston, nowadays our pride is in sports. Right. Yeah. Back in the days, our pride was in the talent show circuit because we did that better than anybody. That's crazy. People would come from all over, California, mm-hmm. New York, and come to Boston, to Roxbury, specifically to see our talent shows because they used to poach talent from us.
0: That's crazy. Imagine. Yeah.
1: Dude. They touch on that a little, too, on the on the new edition thing that they yeah. did on yeah. their show. Yeah, TV. they didn't get yeah. into detail, but, right. like.
2: The fact of the matter is that without Boston, rap would be fucked up because a mm. lot of the rap hits were produced by Boston guys. Arthur Baker and John Roby, who were in Planet Patrol, and um, um, New Editions producers were um, Johnson Crew. Johnson Crew was the first group to be released on um, Tommy Boy on the album, but they were the in-house producers for Tommy mm. Boy Records. So all the big hits coming out, like Planet Rock, it was produced by Bostonians. No um, Jazzy Sensation was produced by Bostonians. So like, when you look at the early History. rap hits from like 1979 all the way up to 1983, they had Boston producers. Matter of fact, there was a time when um, Johnson Crew was producing for Sugar Hill. They replaced everybody that was producing for them Damn and they replaced them with Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill used the money from the shit that they produced for, um, for um, them to open up Boston International which is where they recorded all the stuff on Lin- on Linwood Square, where they recorded all the stuff for um New Edition. Then after that blew up, then they moved down the street from where I live now. So
1: craziness. So
0: maybe if history repeats itself, which we you know Dart said, I believe that. Um, maybe Boston's due for another. Uh, Might be. It's starting you know to happen now. I mean? You can see. You know what I'm saying? But go.
2: Yeah, but like so that's how I grew. So that's how I grew up. But I just was the little kid I- that saw everything happen and. Uh, and the other weird part, like I said that I there were three facets in which like I rolled a ninety nine. Right. The other two I talked about. The third one was I had family because I'm half Honduran. My family was also lived in a place called Mount Vernon, New York. Mm. So we used to get calls from Mount Vernon from my cousins, um, Tammy and Anzetti, um, the McBrides, and they used to um tell us and Jason tell us about uh their friend Dwight who got signed to MCA. Dwight is heavy D. No, oh, crazy. So I, so to this day, like I know like, um, Grap Lover and Pete because they're family friends. Wow,
1: Amazing. the ties are crazy. Yeah.
2: So l- that's how B- Dart Adams was made. I was hearing stories about like rap and the the in- inner workings of the industry and whatever from being a little kid. Right. And then like what happened was since everything is tied together, I grew up in the industry, and I was privy to a lot of stuff. Like, um, my big brother was signed to a developmental group, I mean, to a developmental deal for a hot minute with Maurice Starr. Mm. And um, later on, his girlfriend was in a group called Not Your Average Girls, which were, they used to, this is gonna fuck you up. Um, <laughs> Not Your Average Girls used to battle back and forth with this other girl group. And they used to have all these um showcases. This other girl group's about to be Yeah. Yeah. So this other girl group. (laughs) The showcases used to go in first. The show they used to come in first a lot of times and they would come in second. And sometimes they'd come in first and that other group would come in second. Until one time there was this big showcase and the other girl group won and they got a record deal. Mm. That that girl group were these um the Braxton (laughs) sisters from Maryland.
0: Mm. Woo craziness. Yeah. Tony, and Tony Braxton. Yes,
2: so, yeah, all
0: them, all so of them.
2: His was hilarious, right? Um, that same label that signed them, they kind of put them on the shelf because they wanted Tony to be solo, but she wouldn't leave her sisters for the longest. So what happened was they get hit up. This is won't fuck you up. They get hit up by um, this record label that didn't have too much success at the time called LaFace. LaFace. <laughs> and they're like, Yikes. um, and he, they hit up their their manager, which was a dude Larry Wu. Yeah, yeah. You, you, Larry Wedgeworth, Larry Wu, and they're like, Yo, um, we want to talk to not your average girls because we want to like have a meeting with them because we're looking to sign a new girl group. Right. And he says, No, because y'all ain't got shit popping at the time. All they had was this group called Damien Dame, both of those, they've both since died. And um, they had uh, Jermaine Jackson who couldn't pop off because his brother kept blocking his songs mm. for whatever reason. And so he's like, I don't want to side of the face, they ain't got shit going on. Wow. And so what nice. happens is what happens is they say, fine, they don't they don't fuck with them. And what happens is home homeboys um, wife Pebbles has a group called um Third Nature. And she develops them and has and changes them with another girl and gives them a meeting and they end up signing them. That group is now TLC
0: whoa la face yeah it all makes sense we yeah, were kind of yeah. just talking this was something i didn't know about tlc we were kind of just uh off air talking about the uh drink champs episode with uh jermaine Dupri. oh boy. right 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 and jd was saying he said something, something about face right
1: well about ba- baby face
0: no he said something about how um left eye was living with him yeah he had originally signed tlc yeah. Right. But they didn't have chili. It was just uh, that's, that's left not a yeah. and... Because uh, it was a different group. It was yes. there was a group was there was there was a
2: group called Second Nature or something to yes, that effect. That was their name. And yep. um, one girl dropped out. And okay, if you watch the video for Backyard, which is um uh Pebbles video, you will see you will see left you will see, um you will see uh uh chili. Mm-hmm. Uh, not chili. You'll see, um, uh, T bars, you'll see T te- bars, and you'll see another girl. You know what I'm saying? Because she had them after that, but they weren't fully TLC yet. Yeah, okay. So, so it's crazy. But yeah, so um, but Jermaine Dupree, man, he he's he's, he's yeah. Uh, you were saying he was guy, a man.
0: yeah. You don't fuck with J T. Because I no. was thinking when I watched the Drink Champs thing, I. They were kind of saying, you know, Nori was bigging him up, saying like, "Yo, you're like the puffy of the south." And I was thinking well, about, well, he's it, the puffy of the like, south like, yeah. because he bit
2: everything puffy did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he absolutely did. Uh, Jermaine Dupree is one of the with uh, somebody with snaggle teeth. That's I guess that's why because he's a biting motherfucker. <laughs> oh, he, he's he's oh. one of the bitingest. Stealing this, he's the tofu motherfucker, man. Anything that like is he'll take the flavor of anything. He shang Tsung's the shit out the industry.
0: Now he was and, saying though He's he,
2: done it since he was a ki- was a kid.
0: He was trying to because um I guess uh uh the rap radar podcast or whatever had J D on and said yeah, to fuck him, rap like, radar too, Yeah, we'll get <laughs> we'll get into it. that too. Fuck but everybody. he but he said he, I guess Rap Radar was like, nah Jay, we don't put you in the top five uh producers. Why the fuck would they? And, he's uh, in my top five. Jay JD said, "What made JD different is that he wrote all his shit, and that's what he said." Well, yeah, because he said, yeah, yeah, that's true Dre, there, there was there was about to be a little beef with Dre and JD because JD said, "I remember that." Yeah. Listen, you put me and Dre in a song in a in a studio. Right. I'm gonna be the first one to come out with a fully done song. Right. The Which reason is true. why, yeah, but also because another, I write all my shit. But
2: another reason why is because he be- he's gonna bite everything Dre does. <laughs> so he's gonna have a blueprint. I love Um, it. Jermaine Dupri is the bitingest motherfucker. (laughs) Can we
1: tell you? This is like my top two or three producers all time. Okay, okay,
2: let me tell you. uh, His career starts out. He has a group called Silk Times Leather. Silk Times Leather is a bite of salt and pepper. Mm -hmm. Um, The next group he signs, he develops these kids. He sees in a mall. Now here's the thing. He sees these kids in a mall that are wearing their clothes backwards.
0: Wrote that whole album. The clothes
2: that that they're wearing backwards, they bit from. Belle Biv DeVoe. Belle Biv vote really? wore the clothes wore the backwards clothes first. They wore their clothes backwards and also inside out and also mismatched. And they called it the mental style. Now when they what they did was they developed a group from Atlanta mm. called um Another Bad Creation. And NBC. they passed the back and they passed the
1: Colorful the show, the,
2: that... the crisscross style and also the Cross backwards colors. gear style to them.
3: Oh,
1: so they
2: would funny. take they would do uh they would do uh showcases around Atlanta, wearing backwards gear before they put out their album. And these kids saw them yep. do that, and they rocked that shit in the mall, and Jermaine Dupree was like, oh, I like that look. Yeah, listen the to JD
0: tell it. He was like, I don't know, it just came to me yeah, one time. Bullshit. that shit. Put because your clothes backwards. I'm a Boston
2: dude, right? I remember when Bell Biv DeVoe came up with that shit, and then they passed it on to the kids. Because Biv created Biv 10. Biv 10 had his um, partnership with um, Motown. Biv saved Motown. Really, he saved Motown with Biff. Ten, Bip, Motown didn't have shit going on. He brought them platinum acts at a time when they had
0: nothing going on. He saved Motown. It's
1: this but, you wore your clothes backwards when Crisscross was out.
0: Uh no, I don't know if I like wore my clothes backwards, but I mean, I remember when, when I Jump the, came yeah. out. I was I like, was oh, was oh shit. Yeah, but here's the, the thing, shit. Jump was stolen too. Oh shit! Um, oh yeah, so, that's the, so uh, they touched
1: on that. Jermaine Dupri, uh, but a lot of people said yeah. that they came up with Jump first. Yeah, that's Jermaine bullshit. Was saying.
2: Jermaine Dupri signed with um, Rough House. Before he came to Rough House, um, they were shopping, S- House of Pain was shopping, jump, jump mm-hmm. around to oh, people. And around. they brought it to Joe the Butcher Nicolo, and he had it. So he played it supposedly for him, and he went and he made, that's why they're
3: it's
2: oh. imitating this, the, the the um horn. That sounds like a horn that DJ Muggs put in Jump mm-hmm. Around. Mm-hmm. And also, what he did to cover up everything is he sampled um, I Want You Back by uh, Jackson 5. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to rhyme, so he bought a rhyme from Tretch. Tretch wrote the rhymes for Jump. Really? And. Um, is this common knowledge or is this like. It's some... common knowledge for heads. Yeah. So, um,
1: <laughs>
0: so they try to, uh, to rhyme, little... <laughs> but they can't
2: rhyme like this. Yeah, Bo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bo. Tretch wrote
1: the That should that sound shit. like just like a running. motherfucker, yeah. if you think yeah. about it. Yeah.
2: So, um. So that happens. And then they're wearing the clothes backwards. So they started beef with three people to start because everybody in Boston is like, yo, they're biting not only Bell Biv DeVoe, yeah, right. but they're biting another bad creation who's also from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. That's why the beef started between another bad creation and crisscross. Cross. Shit. Yeah.
1: Blowing my mind and right that now. Started, and that started the kid rap. Because these are all childhood yeah. like yeah, um, started, I'm in elementary school bumping all yeah, this. That started you know
2: the whole that started the whole kid rap beef.
1: Kid rap beef. Yeah, no, there was a huge
2: years. There was years of kid kids kid rappers beefing, but that's what started that. But Jermaine Dupri um bit that, and then he bit two people at once, and then he didn't pay Tretch. But then what happened okay. after that was he started biting. Um, he bought bit Dr. Dre. If you watch the video for Funkified, basically yep. it's just biting everything that they the were doing videos? Um, no. Um, uh, is the brat?
1: No, so, no, no, no. I know yeah, the yeah, Funkified yeah. brat video was that biting what? Oh, No, that video? was
2: biting that that was biting like everything they were doing on Death Row.
1: Oh, like yeah. what? And Wasn't then, that video like a giant house party and yeah, shit like
2: that? Yeah, but also here's the thing. Um when the brat came out, they the brat was kind of biting um Snoop Dogg.
1: Yeah? Yeah. I, I see it. She's yeah. a girl, but yeah. I see yeah. it. Yeah,
2: it was, she was like she was like her whole shit was like what Snoop Dogg was doing. Yeah, and it's hilarious because I like, fucked with that album
1: heavy too yeah. when I was a little kid. A lot I thought Brat was dope. She's yeah. one of my she's my, my top side. two uh, female yeah. MCs oh, all yeah. time. Yeah.
2: So it's like, and then like he went from he went from Dre, then he went to Puffy. When Puffy started doing the shit like mm-hmm. getting Jiggy, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you dance. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Jermaine Dupri bit that when he became Diddy, he became Don Chi Um, he started <laughs> biting. Um, he started biting he put uh, some thought into this shit, huh? He started biting. Um, uh, Timberland um then he started biting um the fucking neptunes damn if you like there's an album that nobody's ever heard i heard pieces of it um back when i used to work at hip zeppi um shout out R- hip this Zeppy. dude roc he signed a dude named roc i remember
1: R O C was nice
2: roc ended up becoming a ghostwriter i think he did a lot. i of, always
1: wonder what happened to roc him
2: and i think ti ended up doing a lot of writing for um bow wow because he did
1: put R O C last i heard first probably in last was the 1472 album yeah. Oh, ROC did some shit on that. Yeah, he, yeah. I I thought the kid was gonna blow once I heard it. Yeah, me too.
2: Him. Because yeah. if you heard this if you heard the joints that were like uh, supposed to be on the album.
1: Right, right, yeah. A
2: lot of that shit was very Neptune imagine. They're yeah. very Neptunes-y. It was right. very Neptune y huh. It never came out though.
0: All right, wait, let's take it back to Boston a little bit. Yeah. So, um, talk about like when uh, you know Edo comes to mind. But talk yeah. about like when Boston starts to like um break through with rap. Okay. You know, past, you know, so R and Okay, so here's
2: what happened, right? Um, 1988 is what started everything, because what happens is New Edition blows up with Heartbreak, Bobby Brown blows up with Don't Be Cruel, and New Kids on the Block blows up, b- blows oh, up with to Hangin' Tough. Yeah, so those three acts mm-hmm. took over the world, all right? Facts. So what happened is all the labels said, what the fuck else is going on in Boston? Right. So they come to Boston, and they just start signing everybody. So there was this girl, um, Tam Tam. Uh, Bobby Brown starts um, working with her or whatever. She gets signed to Island. Tam Tam gets her gets her record deal. There's this kid T-Max who was in a group called Young Nation. T-Max gets signed to a major. I don't remember which one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was this other group that got signed by Funk Master Flex when he was working at Profile um, Joint Venture. So they get a deal. There was this other group Juice Juice with Soul. Juice with Soul gets signed to Atlantic.
0: Man, um, people getting deals? Yeah.
2: Like everybody was getting deals. There was this other group called Um Here and Now. Wyatt Jackson, who was an OG, he got signed. Um, they were on Third Stone Atlantic too. They got a major deal. Um, so there was this R&B group that had been around forever called Lady Soul, which was being pushed by Um uh, Mari Star. They get signed to a major. They get the first single on the fucking Sister Act soundtrack. If my If my um sister's in trouble, bam, they're signed to a major. Um, there's this group called Homework. Bam, they get signed to a major. Damn. So Boston had like, there was a stretch where Boston had like 12 acts signed to major. Later, later on, there was this dude, um, reggae dude named Ruffa. He gets signed to MCA. Um, Before that, there was this group called Picture Perfect, Girl Group. They had an album called Boy Crazy. They got signed to a major off the strength of all this shit, Boston. So Boston had, there was this group back in the day, Girl Group. They um used to go to Madison. They were called 9.9. Back in night, like 85, they got History. signed to a major. So like Around. Boston has mad groups signed to majors. None of them blew. Yeah. None of them blew. You know what I'm now saying? So what
0: happens when you sign to a major? They give you money to do a project and then yeah. they hope that they recoup.
2: Yeah. Plus yeah. some. But obviously. here's the thing: like, if you don't get promotion, it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. If your single comes out and they don't push it, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. If it dies on radio. It doesn't work. If if fucking like, your video doesn't get played anywhere but BET on one show, mm-hmm. you die. Yeah. So it's all like, those
1: things have happened, yeah. and
2: all those things happen to everybody. Tam Tam comes out and they have her trying to do the whole um spandex um MC Hammer thing, yeah. but a girl, <laughs> and Tam rhyme her ass off, and they tried to make her pop,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. and it didn't work. And it's like there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of that happening. And then it's like what happened was at like At
1: the time there was a lot of that.
2: Yeah, there was a lot of that. So a lot of people got signed and nobody stuck around. Only person that stuck around and, and made something happen was Ed OG. Ed OG was the first guy to put out a classic. I gotta have it. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I gotta have it blew up and it was the number one rap record, not only in the country, but fucking globally at one yeah. point. Do you yep. know do you know Ed OG couldn't perform a show in Boston when his song was the hottest song? And why is that? Because there was no venue to hold them. There was no venue to. There was no venue to play in. That's insane. No venue me. at all, or no nope.
0: venue that wanted to fuck with hip hop.
2: That too. Okay. Both. So he's has to do shows in fucking New York, New Jersey, um, maybe even like Providence, Rhode Island. He can't do a show in Boston, and he's he has the number one song, and it's about Boston. Yeah. Me and Ed talk about this shit. We talked about this shit like the last two times we did like podcasts or shows together. It blows my mind to this day. Now, what's even crazier is that Almighty RSO, right? Almighty RSO gets the deal. They want Tommy Boy. They put out one in the chamber. It takes a while to catch on, and then there's a B side. She's gonna, um, he's gonna catch it, right? One in the chamber is a song about um, snitching and police brutality. It addresses those two issues. They were the first group to really talk about yo. Someone snitching in the hood mm-hmm. and police brutality. And what happened is um after the cop killer controversy happened with Warner Brothers, they get dropped. But they end up back with, with um Tommy Boy when they sign with Flavor Unit. But that falls through too. Man. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> Boston X are getting signed to Majors. They had the first, they had the lead single on um on um the uh Flavor Unit compilation called Um Bad Boys. But everybody remembers Roll with the Flavor. They had the first single. Right. And they had the first video too. Um, so it's crazy because it's all these Boston acts that blew up. Oh, and fucking Marky Mark, um, Marky Mark and a Funky Bunch. (laughs) What What did you think? And by the way,
0: (laughs) what were the what were the people you know your age? So it's like it would almost be like me now. Like what? Oh no, younger. I would say sorry, but like what was the consensus when Marky Mark came out out of nowhere? I'll tell you my I'll tell you my Marky Mark Mark story. Yes, please. I'll tell you my
2: Marky Mark story. Please do. All right. So um, again, my brother and his girlfriend were in Not Your Average Girls. So. Not your Girls was a big deal in Boston at the time. So everybody's getting behind them. There was a show called Boston Fresh. They were like the flag girls of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, what happens is they used to hang around with this dude, um, MC Spice. MC Spice is the first Boston rapper to get signed to a major. He was the first rapper signed to Atlantic Records, period. Bam. He had a single called Don't Treat Your Girly Like a Dog, Dog, Dog shit flopped. And then right after that, um, MC Light came out with Paper Thin and she blew up. Right. And everybody forgot about MC Spice. But MC Spice, he was like the AR of the hood. But MC Spice wrote and produced damn near most of um Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch's yeah, um album. album. Yeah. And that album blew up, and it was one of the first big albums on Interscope after Gerardo's album, right? So Gerardo. So Rico. MC yeah. Spice plays um good vibrations before it comes out for my for my brother's girlfriend. And him and I'm just there.
0: So they Yo. so they play it for not your average girls. Yeah,
2: well, well, her, well, I think it was her and her sister who were yeah, in not yeah, your average yeah. girls. And it was but, my brother was yeah. there and maybe his, maybe her other boy, maybe the um her, her sister's boyfriend and me. And a I miniature was just around.
1: Dot Adams just chilling. I, I was
2: like 15. It was, I had a fucking mustache and a fucking beard and everything. Everybody thought I was fucking 20. <laughs> and um so every so he plays it for him. Plays plays it for him and they're like, feel the vibration. They're like. This shit's gonna be a hit. Gonna, They're like get, gonna getting excited. They are getting excited because they also <laughs> know the woman singing on it because everybody mm-hmm. knows her and she's like a vocal coach and everybody's pull, pulling for her. Well,
1: and if you just hear the just the beat in the hook dun, alone, dun, dun, like, dun, all right, dun, dun, I can dun. see this. Yeah. yeah, and
2: I hate club shit. Right. I'm 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 like a backpacker. I'm like the street kid. Yeah. So there was like so he plays it and he's like yeah. So what would you think? I was like fuck Mark. I'll battle him <laughs> right now. He's trash. <laughs> and he's laughing. He's trash. Man. He's laughing. I was like nah. I'll battle Mark right now. Fuck it. Take this Adidas right off his feet. Fuck it. I'll set it up. And he's laughing and I don't get it. Cause my brother, my brother's looking at me like, what's the matter with you? Yeah. And they're just like not paying attention. But I don't get it. MC Spice wrote that rhyme on purpose. That was a specialty. The specialty was making hits. Mm. And no nothing's gonna move in Boston unless we have hits first. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that. I'm fifteen. All I care about is rhyme, 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 right, rap, right. Rap, rap, mm-hmm. rap, 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 rap.
1: You're just worried so, about the officialness.
2: Yeah, I hated it. I fucking hated it.
1: Then that shit blew up. But then it hit the radio. crazy. And yeah. it
2: blew up. Yeah. And it blew up everywhere. And it became like the second number one rap song to be a, a billboard number one hit.
0: Fucking Marky Mark.
2: Marky Mark. Crazy. And to this day, that kind of stains us because whenever somebody thinks about Boston, they think about Marky Mark. And they, don't, tough, and yeah. they don't think about Ed O.G. Right. And Ed O.G. still has a career. And Marky right. Mark is out here making fucking movies.
1: Ed O.G. still be overseas all the time. so Yeah, Exactly. It was like a beautiful thing that that record...
2: And he still makes excellent albums. That's, right. the, that's the key yep. thing. He still makes excellent albums. Mark's
0: probably still cashing fucking oh. Feel the Vibration checks. Oh, he, I guarantee... Problem, I, I, he would be if it
2: was for the fact that he actually didn't write and produce anything I was on say, it. Yeah. Oh. So MC Spice is getting that money. MC God. Spice
0: still out here? Yeah? Yes. That's dope. Yes. That's, MC Spice is still, that's still out to here. to know. All right, I, so. Yo, I just
1: like that you guys call Ralph Riz. Yeah, he's Rizzo. Yo, he's Rizzo. Yo, but just tell me, yo, both of you, matter of fact, why is everybody um in the hood? Is their name starts with a r Tell me their name is not Riz.
0: Well, that's how. Well, that's how Stiz came. <laughs> Yo, how came. many
1: Rizzes you know?
0: Yeah, I do. I know Yo, how many Rizzes
1: you know? <laughs> I know like twenty Rizzes.
0: That's how Stiz came because my name Stan. is Stan. Stiz. And that, and right. that, yeah, that was like the thing. You put the I Z <laughs> right, right, right. Riz Stiz. Right. Yeah uh i felt bad for you if your name was john you know what <laughs> I mean? i'm just saying yeah, back in the day
2: everything was everything was izz yeah, yeah so like sure. if your name was
0: john yeah. you was Always. Jizzy, you was jizzy
2: jizz or jizzy blow yeah yeah that's what it or was something like that
0: so y'all must have been happiest how man can you imagine if a boston artist right now had the number one fucking record in the world like i don't i would just be how i much? would be like it, it's i mean it's and, right I, and i feel like that's the hope with all you know with Cousin Stiz getting through with Joyner Lucas getting right, through right. with Token getting through with but Now
1: when you're talking about number one. But shit, we're all like,
0: we're all kind of hoping right. uh that that it's gonna do what Dart said, the same shit that happened before where something pops, people are like, oh well, what's going on? And that's they how labels seem to f- do it, and yeah. they just come and just start signing but everybody. See, but see,
2: here's the thing, right? Here's the difference between now and then. Um, while Boston was really great and had a whole bunch of talent nobody really stuck together and made it a big movement Mm. like when you watch the video for money earning mount vernon everybody came to mount vernon and was in the money earning from mount mount vernon video right everybody was chilling together so like when you watch the video for like roll with the flavor you don't know where everybody's from because it didn't matter everybody's together right the thing about boston is even when we had all these acts signed Nobody was in each other's videos, Mm. right? Nobody was bigging each other up. Nobody was doing that. You know what I'm saying?
0: So So, remember. remember, So do you think the crabs in the barrel mentality is true? No, it was
2: just that people were just happy to just be there. No, but now. But now, now. no. I think now what would happen is if, like, if Michael Christmas got on and did a video and shit, I expect Dutch Rebel to be in it. Right. I expect Stiz to be in it. Right. I expect Av to be in it. I expect all that shit to happen. I expect the Bia did something. She's gonna have all her people in mm-hmm. it. I think that's where it's different now. And also, where the, the it's different now is that I, I um I was talking to um Umpa when she did this show um with uh Anson Raps uh, last week, mm-hmm. and I was telling her I was just like um I'm somebody who's been around forever, and this is the most talent that the scene has ever had. This is the most viable talent the mm-hmm. scene's ever had. If someone came to me and was like, "Yo, I want to put together a show." Um can you, you tell me name five names? People, yeah. I could name like 25 Easy. people yeah. that I have no for problem putting on a stage. Easy. Yeah for sure. With anybody. Yeah, sure. With anybody. Like and it's like I would be like yo give me a minute and I would like write down the list and I would have multiple lists. Yeah. I was like wait actually these people are in LA now. Yeah. It's it's like right, that. Right. Yeah. It's like that. I never had that fucking option before. Right. Before it was the same people that rocked every show Acro, at the slang, Middle East. Term. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, the, yeah. the tried and true cats yeah, that yeah. everybody would come out for Middle East, Western Front, yep. Bill's Bar.
1: Yep. Yeah. Classic shit.
2: Now we can add them to this fucking huge list of people. Exactly. Like yep. they're people that were dope, super dope, that now are just like don't even aren't even a group no more. Like retrospect.
3: Think about that. Like,
2: you could take Spender and you could take June Mm -hmm. and you could throw them on the stage and then you could have them do a fucking show together.
3: Together, You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: Like, like that's how crazy it is now. And I think that's the difference. Now, everything would be together.
1: If one, like, meaning like number one hit type shit, it could be like they come, it would would open the floodgates. It would open floodgates. You remember Houston 10, 12 years ago? Yeah then all of a sudden everything was from houston yeah and then it's like same thing but happened they were all in each other's videos in yeah, chicago, yeah. chicago yeah. as well yeah. same chicago. thing happened with
2: chicago so it's like that's the difference atlanta that's the th- that's the yeah. difference i think that like back in the days people were just so happy to be from boston and be on and plus half of them didn't get videos yeah. right and if right. they did get a video sometimes it was shot in dude back in the days um new kids on the block shot two versions of the please don't go girl video
0: please don't Girl,
2: there's, there's, that shit yo, I fucking
0: love that there's song. There's one version of that
2: video that was shot down the street from me in my neighborhood. Yep. Really? Yeah, it was like either on Mass Ave or down by Columbus, wow, right?
1: They, they were trying to like street street them up a little. Or well,
2: what happened is that they have that version, and then no, because it was actually nice. Oh, alright, alright. <laughs> yeah, so 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 they shot it there, and then the second version they took them to Brooklyn.
1: Oh, all right. So it's the opposite of what I was yeah. talking right, They right, took right. them to
2: Brooklyn. They put them on a fucking train in New York. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. then they took them to New York and they're hanging out with like Italian girls from New York. I'm like, we got those. We got yeah, those yeah. right here. Just go to the North End. That's, we have yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, we got Like them. Alyssa and Anissa, we, we got them. <laughs> 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 I Alyssa. It, <laughs> I love it. Alyssa spelled three ways. I
0: love it. Yeah, shout out my sister, Alyssa. Yeah. Yo, so Dart 2 really is like, I mean, this dude, you talk about knowledge, yo. Like, it's crazy. I'm just and- old. And no, but you're very knowledgeable too. There's a lot of old people that do not know fucking a quarter of the shit that you know. I remember one time I had this question, and uh, I forget how it was posed to me. Someone posed it to me, like on Twitter or something. And I and I and I hit up Dart, and I just want you, if you can, just like kind of real quick, because I feel like everybody knows this thing. This thing, but, like, I feel like the not threes? a lot of people know where it comes from. The threes. And so that's what I asked Dar. I I, you know, I, I think tweeted him one day, and I was like, yo, will you tell me the origin of three for the strike? That's what I like about
1: this that he will step outside and, and not act cool and do shit like that. But just real quick for your answer, I think nationally people know it f- from John Cena at this point. Really? Yeah.
2: They, what do you they, think? They, Is that, they, why? Does he uh, okay. do that? Okay, here's the thing. Boston started the three shit, and the NBA— Boston started the three shit, mm-hmm. let me tell you. So now every fucking NBA franchise, when they hit a three, they do their fingers like this, yep. the means of three. Let me tell you where this shit started. 1997, 1998, Boston Celtics. Love it. Fucking, um, it was Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker. They mm. used to lead the league in threes. They were hit 200 apiece I starting from all the way up to like 1997-98 when they were not on TV, 98-99, 2000-2001, 2001-2002. They finally get on TV because they start winning games. And when you win games in the NBA, what happens is they start adding more of your games to the national games. Yeah. More schedule. national games. Yeah. So they add more of your games to TNT, um, TNN, CBS. TBS, and um, ESPN. Yep. And then all of a sudden you start getting games on NBC if you win even more. And that happened in um, the 2001-2002 season. So, and then the Celtics traded. They did a trade. They got um, Rodney Rogers and they got Eric Strickland. And all of a sudden they started winning more after the trade deadline. Right. So, um, when that happened, people started seeing the Celtics games. And when they hit a three, and remember, they hit 200 threes apiece. Yeah. You know, yeah. They would do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they did it. They had a long run to the um, EC, um, um, ECW, ECF, so the East Conference Finals. East Conference, yeah. They were up 2-1. On um the uh, New Jersey, after coming back from down twenty five or twenty four, and they won the game, so they were up two one, and they were like on track to play the Lakers in the finals. Mm-hmm. But what happens is they fell apart, right? After that season happened, and then, like everybody would hit threes, you got to remember you had Antoine Walker, you had Paul Pierce, mm-hmm. you had Tony Delk, you had Rodney Rogers, you had Eric Strickland, you had Eric Williams. Mm. That whole team, uh, you had uh, Walter McCarty. Walter McCarty. Oh, Dude, yeah, that's yeah. seven players that hit threes yeah. regularly. And so they did this all the time whenever they hit a three.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was three for the
0: stripes. Yeah,
2: Three. Because that's the Boston thing. Mm-hmm. So what happened is after that, people would hit a three and they thought, this is what you did when you hit a
3: three. <laughs> right, three. yeah,
2: And they have no fucking idea. This is actually a Boston thing. Right. And three for the stripes started with, um, well, between 1979 and like 1982. Uh, Adidas became like kind of the official sneaker of Boston because you had all these places. You had, um, eventually what happens, you you have, um, Harry the Greeks in my neighborhood. Yeah. Then there was Mickey Finn's where G Spin used to work. Then so you had G-Spin. Crystals. Yeah, Crystals downtown. And then you had, um, Alpha and Omega, which is at, um, Dudley Square on Washington, which is still there. And you had all these hood spots that sold Adidas. And then what ended up happening is that, They sold Adidas everywhere because it became like in New York, the official thing starting like 84, 85, they started wearing what they call uptowns. You know what I'm saying? And so our response was we have an alternate culture to New York. Mm -hmm. So we wear Adidas. So they wear that. We wear Adidas. We wore it didn't matter what color you wore. You wore Adidas. When I went to Boston Latin, That's the white true, kids yeah. used to wear. You went to Boston Latin? Yeah, I went to Boston Latin for five years. So did I. So um the white kids Look used that. to wear they used to wear um gazelles and they used to wear sambas. We used to wear the shell toes, the superstars, and we used to wear uh the torsions. We used to wear the um uh we used to wear like uh damn like every as every kind you could imagine, right? Every yeah, kind of yeah. Adidas. But everybody wore different kinds of Adidas.
1: But they were all rocking Adidas.
2: Yeah, but we all rocking Adidas. It exploded in 86. When Run when DMC came out with, my yeah. Adidas! And here's the thing a lot of people don't know. Jam um, Master J has family in Boston. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, when they used to do shows in Boston, it might as well have been a home show. Yeah, right. They used to hang out. There's this dude, Sut. Um, Sut is like a famous B-boy down with the Floor Lords, and he was like an Adidas guy. He had, everything was Adidas. And he used to Jam Master J, he used to have this Adidas chain. Jam Master J used to rock his chain when he performed. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's like, Adidas just became part of Boston's identity to the point where, um, when they had the Air Force Ones and they blew up, Adidas put out these sneakers called the Skyjackers in 88. The Skyjackers were huge in two places, Boston and Detroit. Hmm. To this day, my one of my dreams is to fucking retro the Skyjacker. Crazy. One of my first things I ever brought to Adidas, one of the first ideas I ever brought to Adidas was like, I want to retro the Skyjacker. It didn't happen.
0: Was there like ever... you literally were in talks with yeah. Adidas? Yeah. That's
1: pretty dope. Yeah. Was was there ever uh, an issue with um with with the three stripes and the Adidas being a Boston thing and then with, with the three stripes thing kinda blowing up with a New York group? I know you say he had Jam uh, j had family out here, so when he came here, it was like a no, home show. But there was never any no, like weird shit over that. No, no, There's nothing.
2: No, none, none whatsoever. Um, because Adidas you know, was Boston
1: and New York, so yeah.
2: But it, it, it like Run DMC. You would have thought they were from Roxbury. All right. When I was a kid growing up, the bet the biggest thing to have was a Run DMC poster. I remember 1986. I was at um the Tim and we had this fucking candy drive, and I sold just enough candy to get a Run D M C poster. Hey, I sold 36 bars in one day. Hey, and then I, I fucking stopped
3: because I got the, the Run D M C
2: poster. I sold 36
1: bars right now. gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: And the funny thing was that like people were like yo, why don't you keep pushing it? I wasn't trying to die. He's one of the busters. Boston, Boston back in the days was fucking super, super, super fucking um. It was scary as shit. Yeah, golly, so I wasn't yeah. gonna fucking go around right, looking right, for right. people to sell bars. This <laughs> is back when I, I hired and drug dealers and shit. I don't
0: understand. Like I don't know what the combat zone was, but like oh. I just remember when I was a kid, oh, like a I would hear my place. parents talk about it. Was a super it like fun place. it was fun. It was <laughs> no I, I went to the joke. I went to the I went to the
2: Quincy. I went to the Quincy in um, between 1984. I went to the Quincy between 1984 and 1986. What's the Quincy? Uh, the Josiah Quincy Elementary School. Okay. Now back then it was just one building, and it was right there in the combat zone, aside from um, chi- um Chinatown. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's
0: where it is, like kind of Chinatown theater districty yeah. area. So
2: so Chinatown back then was thugged out. Yeah. It was it was fucking crime. It was grimy. It was well, fun as shit.
0: That's where the Charles Stewart happened. Uh, fun happen, as shit. I think. Yeah.
2: It was it was it was super fun, man. Um crime crime and fights would fucking break out everybody would get it in there'd be blood everywhere everybody would disperse the police would show up and nobody spoke english yeah. right, nobody right, right. nobody spoke yeah, english yeah. even if you spoke english yeah, nobody spoke english yeah for sure you course. you you like i would just be like no say yeah, like it was it was a fun time and the area d police station was right there now it's condos but uh the combat zone it was named that because it was a strip where they had a whole bunch of like um sex shops and like it was kind of like 42nd street but yeah. well, we called it the combat zone because that's where all the fucking gang warfare and yeah. fights happen right you had um you had ghost shadows you had gung-ho they used to beef with all the time they just have fights something happened and then they disappear like on some real like be just, out be out yeah yeah, be yeah, out. Be out, yeah like straight up like we see it happen someone gets stabbed someone gets shot something they take the person carry no. them
0: bounce be out, out be out. Crazy. What about bussing? Were you around during the bussing when that shit started? I was around
2: after the um fallout of bussing. And um
0: cuz like wasn't Boston like like one of like the city like the first say, cities or something? Maybe they Say,
2: was, maybe say they, it is. It wasn't. It was there it were not Boston ones, was right? Boston was just super thing for bussing because Boston's Boston and everybody mm-hmm. try to use it as example of how yeah. bad racism is.
3: Yeah. Now
2: right. I'm going to give you another side of bussing. Bussing is this is what bussing is. Bussing is you take people from one background and put them in a school where they aren't there. That's yeah. all busting is. Right. So when you take black kids from Roxbury and Dorchester and Mattapan and put them in Southie or Charlestown, that's all they talk about. Right. There's the other side of busting where you take white kids from Charlestown. Yep. You take white kids from um, Eastie. You take white kids from um, from uh, kid from, Eastie. from Southie. And you bring them to the south end, Lower Roxbury, mm-hmm. or Dorchester. That's the other side of busing. Yeah. Right. That's the side I experienced. We had our white kids imported.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what happened. White kids come in. They get on the bus. They come to. They come to the hood. They say nah. My brother told me when I was a kid, if a white person starts calling you "nig," they're calling you one of two things: a nigger or a Knicks fan. Either way, fuck them <laughs> up. They never got to, to go. They never got to go. That's real. They never <laughs> right. got
0: to go. You must be pretty ballsy uh, going to, you know, well, hopping that's off what a bus well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what they yeah, learn. Yeah, yeah. So, what
2: happens is they get their ass kicked, Back. and next thing you know, that's your friend. Yeah. That's your friend for life. Yeah. Right. My Now, let me give, give you some real shit. One of my favorite movies, Boston movies, and I hate most Boston movies, and I use air quotes because they're not Boston movies. Mm. For bo- the most part. Bullshit. My favorite Boston movie of all the Boston movies is probably um, The Town. And why is that? Because my friends from Charlestown were my first white friends that I ever made. And of my group of friends, the first ones to ever get arrested were the kids from Charlestown. First ones to ever get pregnant, the ones from Charlestown. First ones to ever get arrested for like um, a robbery, ones from Charlestown. The first ones to get arrested for drugs, Charlestown. First one's to die. Charlestown. And right. I lived in Roxbury. Right, you know, right, right. To give you an idea. So when I watched the town, I grew up with those kids. You know what I'm saying? So there's a part in the town, and I love this part, when dude goes to this boy and he says, yo, I'm about to do something really stupid. You That's with me? Part. And he says, yeah, I've been that yeah, guy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been on both sides it's of that. It's it, it's, it's so Ill. what's the quote? He's like, "Yo, we're about to go do something very bad. We're gonna hurt some yeah. people very bad." Yeah.
1: And the yo, quick like, while we on the buses, shit. I seen this shit on CNN every week. I was telling you stiz that um, or oh, it was it was a meme, whatever. But it was from CNN. They quoted school uh, school buses having Wi Fi now to help students connect and shit. And it was it was a World Star meme. It yeah, was like, yeah, yo, yeah. they were like, yo, we didn't have fucking heat in our ships seat and belts. I know in my shit. we didn't have seat belts and shit there's these still no, no
0: seat belts on bus these
1: little fuckers got wi-fi in their bus We're right the now no Yo,
2: bus bus the bus was where we fought we right. fought yeah. on the, in bus. the back and yeah, then yeah. and then what we had we used to have spitball wars oh spitballs <laughs> so another shit. bus would Remember come up and we used to pull down the windows and we used to just like s- uh, spitball wars with the other bus yeah yeah but yeah, we, yeah, man. That's we used to like crazy. middle finger kids from other schools and stuff. Yeah, man. You know
0: what Boston and I, I'm sure you'll be able to touch on this at, at, in some regard. Yeah. But you know what Boston is uh, is 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 very like groundbreaking for is comedy. A yeah, lot of Yeah, for of sure. Major, major, major major comedians Dude, come out of Boston. Patrice one
1: O'Neill, one of my all time favorites.
2: He was from my neighborhood. Um one of my all time favorite documentaries is called um damn, what's it called? It's about the um it's it's based around the ding ho. The Ding Ho was a comedy club, oh. and um, there was another documentary, and it was just like touched on how many people came through Boston for like a stretch of twenty years to get their career started. Bobcat Goldthwaite left New York, came to Boston, was here for like a month, and blew up.
1: Know what well, I'm saying? Half like the now. SNL cast of all time, is yeah. like Fucking, Lano, you, 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 Cole, you, you were either Seth, all the late night people, you fucking. Either, yeah,
2: you either Alan. came to Boston and then left for New York, or you came from Boston, went to New York, then went to Chicago, and you yeah. were a second city. No, it was
1: part of that major comedy circuit. Yeah. Always, yeah. still yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, that transitions. Yo, what's going on, with my boy Louis C.K. right now, man. Uh. Don't do it to my boy. What's I know, going on, Stiz? I, I haven't seen the details, so I don't he know. He put
0: out he put out an apology today, and he said, "Yeah, I did it, and I'm yeah, sorry." Yeah, right. So what is it that he did? Oh boy. He exposed himself to. Uh, so basically, because we he had to talk do... last week about
1: all the fucking yeah. the sexual bullshit that's happening in Hollywood right now, but then literally two days ago, Stiz hit me, "Yo, your man Louis." I was like, but see, I- this "I'm a big Louis but see, fan."
0: But see, this
2: ain't new.
1: Nah, of yeah,
0: course yeah, it, it was. Yeah, yeah. it was the best kept secret. Well, no, People
2: been talking case. about
0: Louis C.K for These At do least like, five years. Oh, for, for real? What Louis yeah. specifically is yes. talking yeah. about? Oh, oh, I never heard that. It was years. like it was like a thing that Word? people in the community yeah. knew. That was, what? Was that he's mainstream. just that he's creep status or yeah. that he's like? Yeah. He right, right. right. So basically, the story that this the it, it was a younger. I mean, and this is multiple people, but one of them. She was a younger comedian. She opens up for Louie. Yep. Now, obviously, I mean, it's like us trying to get on. Like, well, of you course, You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like you're opening up for this big dude. So Louie, after the show, says, yo, come back to my hotel room. We'll have a couple drinks. Yeah. They go back there. When they get into the hotel room, and the girl said, like, right away, like, not even, like, she's like, before I could even sit down. Yeah. He just was like, yo, can I take on my penis? <laughs> literally hold on i and, laugh but hold on hold on these is all
1: all the people that are saying this they were uh over 18 under 18 what are we talking about this ain't uh, like these, the last these
0: week these no these ones were overage these these all right, weren't, these so, weren't all right, young, so we're at least,
1: least right there at least for so now. he uh
0: he just whipped out his dick and just started jerking off apparently
1: and so what this is like an and upcoming so comedian
0: watches what i, I don't know and is this yeah, what they're I all guess. they all
1: have the same or similar story what what's yeah
2: well here's the thing there have been stories like this Four years. And then also there's stories where like comedians who hang together tell like with Jim Norton and shit. Like right. one time there's a story where Jim Norton was in a car with three other dudes and he pulled out his dick and started jerking off.
0: What the fuck?
2: And they're like, Jim, Creep what the shit, fuck man. are you doing? And he's like, Oh, my bad. And he puts it back in. And Jim <laughs> Norton like, and God. they asked Jim Punch Norton, like, Did that face. happen? He's like, Uh yeah. It's
1: and just kept crazy. it moving. So
2: so it's like this is like well-known shit between like comedians and and people in different communities and shit like this in Hollywood has been happening forever like the first time i heard something about bill cosby was in the fucking late 80s yeah wow and somebody was straight up like yeah don't st- don't don't be alone with him and i'm like bill cosby and this is when the cosby shows popping right right because you got to remember um bill cosby was living in massachusetts
0: He raised his family in Massachusetts. That's right. In Amherst. Where his son was killed. Oh, no. No, his son son was killed somewhere else. But
2: um, he raised his kids in, like, Amherst. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I would hear stories, Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, what the fuck? So when the story started coming out, another story came out, like, when he started doing his second show, Cosby, and he was like, there was this girl who came to the set who was like a comedian. She was an extra. Mm -hmm. And he came on to her. And I was just like, oh, shit. And everybody was like, uh, she just wants the money. I'm like, no, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah. And then when everything started coming out 15 years later, I was just like, yeah, told you.
1: Because let's be honest, my first instinct is always, I don't believe these motherfuckers. Yeah, well, this yeah.
0: is what Louis says. And this is like kind of crazy to me because it seems like, I don't know, I'll see how yeah, you guys take the, it. I, but I it seems like shit. he's like trying to be funny or something. He goes, these stories are true. At the time, I said to myself that what I did was OK because I never showed a woman my dick without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life, too late, is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your dick isn't a question, it's a predicament for them. Yes. The power I had over these women is that they admired me, and I wielded that power irresponsibly. So... I mean, I just don't, I don't just, know. It's just I tough, tough just hearing this it. shit because I'm a fan. So it's like, yeah, you know I'm no, i, I am hate too. Well,
2: well, here's the thing. I'm a fan too. And like, not only that, but like, he's a writer and he was a Boston guy. Mm-hmm. So like when I would, when I was coming yeah. up, it was like, you always look for examples of people that came from where you came from right. to do stuff. And I got to tell you, uh, I'm at 88.9% them being assholes. Yeah um and it's really fucked up yeah like if i go down the list like everybody they're like and then the story's like oh shit right, but like right. when you're in the when you're in things like i am and you're a bostonian where we don't have six degrees of separation we got fucking 1.5 yeah, 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 yeah for sure. so uh, my life has been fucking i know where the bodies are buried
3: yeah and right. i'm just
2: like i just know like eh eh you ain't <laughs> shit eh fuck And eh, he's an asshole too eh Right. And so it's like a lot of people did like people don't realize like, yo, why you got beef with that guy? Or why you think with th- this guy? People have told me
1: stories. Yeah. Right.
2: And maybe these motherfuckers are rapey. Maybe these motherfuckers robbed somebody. Maybe they did something. And maybe I can't tell the story because somebody told me. Right. You know, of course, yeah. I'm in confidence. But understand, if I have issues with somebody, I might have personal issues with them. I might have philosophical issues with them and I might be. Haven't been sworn to secrecy so I don't murder them.
0: Yeah. Right. There's this levels. <laughs> yeah. and,
2: and, and when you deal with this industry, man, it, it's, it's a whole bunch of shit I'm going curious,
0: on. Uh, you guys personally, what you guys personally think, and then um, uh, what you think society. So, you know, people like, uh, you know, we're finding out Kevin Spacey, Bill Cosby, Louis C.K. I mean, it's almost like we there's, should name people who I will not. There's I levels would, to the shit, I would though. also though. like Categories. to give an addendum.
2: I'll also give an addendum. None of this information is new for me. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I right. knew about Kevin Spacey. I knew about right. all these other people. Matter of fact, yeah. when they, I start when the information starts coming out on Twitter. I'm like, what about this person, this person, and this yeah, person? Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like yeah. somebody, oh. I'm waiting. Somebody, oh, I'm great. waiting to drop is fucking Dan Schneider. So I have it. Oh yeah, all right, Dan that's what Schneider. What I was I'm ask waiting. You. I'm waiting for somebody to fucking have the smoking gun on Dan Schneider. Really? Dan Schneider is a fucking is a is a total Who's that, asshole.
0: Youngsters? Dan Schneider's a comedian, right? No,
2: Dan Schneider is a guy who who produces and directs shows with kids and has forever. Oh, he used to be on head of the class. He used to work with Brian um, um, Brian Robbins, who was uh, produced um for Robin oh,
0: Tolan. He looks like a pedo.
2: He is <laughs> a pedo, bro. And he yo, who the fuck is that? He looked like a pedo. I don't, don't pedo. even know who that, that is. is okay, so um, Lou Pearlman. He's like he's is. like the Lou Pearlman okay, okay. of Kids Television. Okay. Got me now. And the thing is that Lou Pearlman, people would tell you about Lou Pearlman. Rich right. Cronin died.
0: It's later already, and I, think, s- I think Red State, I never heard of this site, but Red State, the next big Hollywood sex scandal is already breaking at Nickelodeon.
2: Oh, his shit. his was crazy because <laughs> they fired a guy at Nickelodeon for um for being um for being a, a sexual assaulter. And I was like, oh, they fired him? When are they going to get to Dan Schneider? Yeah. Dan Schneider mm. makes so much money for Nickelodeon that they could just print money right there in the office. And I think that's why nobody's pulling the trigger. Because wow. if you look at their um, catalog, they have like 10 fucking shows that still make money today yeah. because of him, him because yeah. of Snyder's bakery. Well, here's yeah. what I wanted
0: to ask. Are Should society be like, or in you, are you able to separate the art from the person? Like, you know, so like, you know, House of Cards is done They're pulling that shit Louis yep. C.K. They pulled all his shit off Netflix They pulled all no Did they more, pull all
1: the Netflix it's shit? It's fucking gone Because he was whoa, eating whoa, wait, that. Wait, yeah. he, wait, here's,
2: here's the thing Here's the thing This is twofold, right? People knew about this shit beforehand It's just that now that it's out They yeah. don't want to be associated But when you pull a show like that What happens is He's not the only motherfucker on the show yeah. Other people are on that yeah. show that get residuals and yeah, money from yeah, it. Yeah. So when yep. you pull it, you're hurting them right, too. Right. And so his was crazy. Um when they pulled the Cosby show, everybody who was on that show who got residuals, stopped getting residuals because it was no longer in um it was no, syndication. no longer in Syndication. Yeah. Um
1: so How many heard- people you think is on House of Cards and all that shit <laughs> behind yeah. the but scenes on the scenes?
2: They're not. They're not. if they pull House of Cards off of off of the show, off completely, they're fucking, I don't understand that. Now, if they say, we're, in our next season, we're going to kill off his character well, yeah, and kidding. not have him there, yeah. right. I get that. But what are you going to do, not show the other five seasons? Yeah. Right. Because here's the thing. Everybody was complicit in this shit, and they only cared now,
0: yep. now yeah. that it came out. That was like the family guy joke, so I don't know if you've seen yes, it, but like yes, Dart said, it, it's like- Well, everybody's known this everybody's
1: shit. Everybody's known this shit. It, everybody
0: knows you know? this shit. What's the Family Guy shit? Uh, so ready. So Stewie comes running through a mall. Ready? Yeah. Right. Right. Help! I've escaped from Kevin Spacey's basement. Help me!
1: <laughs> you know Seth Help! is. You know Seth is plugged. Yeah. He's yeah. Plugged yeah, in, yeah, obviously. yeah.
2: Well, Seth but also made the, also made a joke about um, Har- um Harvey Weinstein yes, at the um at the Oscar or yeah some at the Oscars, award yeah. show and or, everybody yeah. laughed like this. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> oh shit! And the thing is
2: that everybody knew about Harvey right. Weinstein. Everybody's known about Harvey Weinstein. There's a joke on Thirty Rock where Homegirl says. Yes. I um, I managed to escape Harvey Weinstein five three out of five times. Yes. Wow.
3: And
0: that shit was right there that in everybody's face. Even uh, Courtney Love, who sometimes I don't seen really that. Yeah. fuck with, if you, yeah, if you, she was uh, on a carpet. Don't and they were go like, to Harvey Weinstein's yeah, house for a meeting. Yeah, they were, yeah that's they, what she they said, like, right? Do you have any advice for upcomers? and she yeah. said, yeah, don't go to Yo, Harvey that. Weinstein. Yo,
1: what's the most heat you ever took for either an article or even, even like a tweet or something you said or whatever? Um... Backlash, heat, whatever. Well,
2: see, here's the thing. I don't really get backlash because everything I say is true. Even if it's a, like an opinion, other people might not agree with me. Right. But they're like...
1: I like your style. It's very people similar. aren't...
2: people. I don't get backlash and heat because you get backlash and heat when you say something you shouldn't have said.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I get, I get um, reactions when I say something that nobody else
1: is saying, is saying but everybody's and everybody thinking.
2: knows, right. but they don't want me to say it because it might fuck up somebody's money. Right. That's what I get. Right. So that's happened to me like 30, 40 times. And, <laughs> but here's the thing: it's done nothing to me because right. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. So if I say something like "fuck Elliot Wilson," Can Elliot Wilson is get like, into that.
0: yeah. Will you talk a little bit about about why you have beef? Why, well, why is and it? And, fuck and I wouldn't Elliot even call it
2: beef, but you it know, is. You it's don't, beef. Oh, it's beef.
0: I love it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So okay,
2: my <laughs> issues with Elliot Wilson are is, is three. It's three parts. Right. One of them is philosophical. Elliott Wilson used to work in the indie underground rap industry, and then when he wanted to move up in the industry, he started taking these jobs, these bigger jobs, these bigger jobs, these bigger jobs. These bigger jobs. And, and then this when he is
0: su- way before XXL.
2: Oh, this is before yeah. XXL. He used to be at Ego Trip. Then he moved oh, from Ego right. Trip and he worked at the Source, because when he was working at Ego Trip, he always kind of wanted to be at the Source. Then mm. he was at the Source, the shit didn't shake out the way he wanted it to for whatever reason. So then he goes to XXL. At the time, it goes to XXL. XXL was beefing with Eminem. Yeah. XXL was like right. still doing like kind of underground, main tra- maintaining like their Double rap XL. thing. Double Double XL! Yeah, but the thing was that they hadn't really gone up and like started selling a bunch of units. So what he did was he ramped it up at XXL, where his whole point was, I'm trying to outsell the source. Yeah. I'm trying to outsell the source. Now, anybody who was ahead at the time who read magazines will tell you, or was a writer mm-hmm. will tell you, that was the wrong fucking position to take. He should have tried to make XXL the best rap magazine out, because mm. the best rap magazine out anybody will tell you was a magazine called Stress. Stress beat everybody's ass all those years. But what XXL did was they tried to make it so that it was super commercial. And what?
1: Not in sales.
2: And yeah. And no. 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 I mean, in content. All right. XXL beat everybody in sales. Mm. So what happened was Elliot made it really commercial, and he's uh sucking everybody's dick. Right. So it got to the point where XXL was like Oprah on the cover of Oprah magazine. So it was just like um, whoever was hot was on the cover, and G Unit, uh, Aftermath, Shady was mm. on damn near every other cover. Yeah. To the point where they did a exclusive shady cover, yeah, where you're no like, guy. who owns this fucking magazine?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You talking about the infamous uh, Fifth Dre and, and yeah. the M cover? Yeah,
2: and I'm like, who owns this magazine? Yeah. So basically, what happened while he was working at XXL? That's when he made his partnership with um with um with Peter Rosenberg and everybody else. Paul. Paul, my mistake. Not Peter Rosenberg. Yeah. Paul. Paul Rosenberg Bunyan. Paul Bunyan—that Bunyan, yeah. was his rap name in Detroit. Yep. So, um, he started. That's when he made his deal with Paul Rosenberg, and he started like having his his friendship with them and all the other stuff. So then, when he started Rap Radar, this is another part. When you, when I blogged, and I wasn't a blogger for a long time. I always felt I was a journalist who was forced into doing this because I didn't have any entry into the um the rap writing game.
3: Yeah.
2: So I was forced to blog and be called a blogger. Even when I blogged, I was a fucking journalist and I was busting everybody's ass. Um, I was better than the motherfuckers. It were on because you were blogging
0: on XXL Something website, shit. weren't? I mean, uh, I was,
2: I was a, I was a regular at the XXL website. Yeah,
0: because I remember reading your shit. I think that's where I first discovered you. To be honest, I, I used to be in the comments, and um, so
2: when I started, um, when I started, uh, Poison's paragraphs. What happened was, I built that by writing well about multiple subjects mm-hmm. five t- five times a week. If I could, at least Thanks. maybe I. Sometimes I wrote every fucking day, and I wrote detailed stuff. <laughs> I didn't write just bullshit. Yeah. I wrote detailed stuff. I wrote full reviews. I reviewed eight albums at once on a Friday. Uh, thank you to um to Static Selector for being the first person to hit me off with music that made me um do stat, that. Nice, stat. yeah. Static no, stat. August August ninth August 9, August two thousand and seven. I ran into him in the mall. It was him and Big Mike by luck, and he just handed me. He handed me um. Fifty bodies. Mm. And he handed me um, he handed me uh the bar exam. Mm, right. And, and I was just like, cause he knew who I was, cause you used to read the blog. Mm-hmm. And I was the first person to said I'm Dart Adams to him. Mm. and He didn't tell anybody who I was.
0: Was it a mall out here or? In it was
2: right behind my house. Uh, it was wow. um, it was Copley, Copley Mall. Yep, yep. Right behind my house. And he was. I was like, yo, I'll review these. And that's what started my review section. But um, what happened was I built that blog. You know what I'm saying? I didn't take anything from anybody. Anybody wanted me to write something, I said no to them because I didn't have freedom. And um, I built that. When Elliot Wilson started Rap Radar, he had funding yeah. from Paul Rosenberg. Absolutely. Yeah. And he bought his way in. So what happened was the first time he puts out his blog, Miss um, Info, he puts up, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, previews on Miss Info's site. And then he premieres a site, and, like, after three weeks, he's already on lists. Yeah. I'm mm. like, that's bullshit. Yeah. People didn't pay attention and really put me on anything for years until I did my shit. Because I had to work. Right. And like, what you just did is a fucking violation. So I had issue with that. And OK, I had a relationship with him because I used to write stuff on Twitter. He used to follow me on Twitter. Him and his wife followed me on Twitter. Mm. And like, when I wrote something on Twitter, he would like make it a discussion on Rap Radar in the early days. Ah. But I used to butt heads with B-Dot, because b would say some stupid shit, and I used to shut him down.
0: Yeah, fucking B-Dot.
2: So I would say some shit. I shut down B-dot, and B-dot got sick of being embarrassed by me.
1: So one Talk time that they had this. Shit.
2: So one time they had this. Um, this is back in the days of um, Ustream. Yep. I so they did a seen. Ustream, yeah. and B-dot said some stupid shit, and I type, I shut him down, in the type, and then he comes, he pops off at me, and I see Elliot's face, like, oh shit, this is gonna <laughs> be an issue.
1: So well, this issue hap- is
2: live? Yeah. So what happens is, and this is another thing, they used to steal shit. So they stole an idea that used to happen was Hip Hop Confessions, which used to be on YouTube. And um, they stole Hip Hop Confessions and B-Dot did his Hip Hop "Hip Hop Confession that he never got into Dilla during his career. And now, if you don't like Dilla, that's whatever. Mm. But when you call yourself a Hip Hop nerd and you weren't into Dilla... That's a damning statement, because what that means right. is Dilla was a producer. When yeah. you're a producer, that means you work with fifty fuck motherfucking people. Yeah, yeah, And he says he wasn't aware of Dilla throughout his entire career. Right. So what that tells me is that you never heard a fucking um Erica Badu album. Yeah. Right, right. So what that tells me is that you never heard a fucking um Bilal album in your life. What that tells me is you never heard a um, you never heard a uh, fucking um. You weren't paying attention when um D'Angelo put out his album, because he produced on D'Angelo's album. You know what I'm saying? What that tells me is that. And he was like, and don't tell me he's the guy who produced Sticks as High for De La Soul. Well, motherfucker, he produced Sticks is High for De La Soul. Right. So that means that you weren't paying attention when Q-Tip put out Amplified. He produced that shit. You weren't paying attention when he produced the last two albums for a Tribe Called Quest. When you say you weren't fucking, you didn't know anything about Dilla, that means that, that you don't you read liner yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You don't know shit. Right. You know the other thing Elliot did that I always thought was a little grimy, and I mean, I, I guess I kind of, I don't know if I understand it, but like... You know, he starts Rap Radar, and this bl—this thing is supposed to be, you know, encompass all rap and for the culture. And yeah, and, that, and that. that's
2: another issue we had because he said something was for the culture, and then I was like, "Yo, how are you for the culture if you're posting up um, things about like uh, Chris Brown t- dyed his hair
0: blonde? Yeah, and then and then we'll refuse to cover any other podcasts or blogs that are doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like refuses yeah. to yeah. cover Drink Champs, refuses yeah. to cover um, what's uh what's uh Combat Jack. Um, well, was well, he was—he was, he was, he was one
2: of the early—he was one of the early guys that um supported Combat Jack. I will say that.
0: Much. Oh, was he? Well, I just okay. Cause I never see that shit on a Rap Radar. You know yeah. what I mean? They only fucking yeah. post Rap Radar. Yeah. Shit. yeah,
2: but like he was one of the early guys who was who was um really bigging up um Combat Jack. Cause I was one of the other early guys who was bigging up Combat Jack. Yeah, I know. Y- yeah. I was in that circle. And I've never been on the Combat Jack show, and um, I know Combat Jack is going through his his um his cancer fight right now, so really, Combat Cancer, yeah, oh, um, uh, colon cancer. So yeah, I'm sending all, yeah, all, all the hopes and dreams to him. But yeah, but uh, I had philosophical issues because I used to go back and forth with Elliot. I'm like, dude, why you say this? you like we cover the culture. Because what happened B. Was BDOT was complain all the time. He was like, people keep saying it like, we're supposed to document the culture. I was like, then document the culture. You're not documenting the culture. All you're doing is documenting um, the mainstream rap industry. Yeah. That's not the fucking culture. So back to the issue with Dot, I shut Dot down and I wrote this piece um, kind of tongue in cheek talking about Dilla and like, you had to be there. And like I wrote this entire piece and it pissed him off. It set him off and he started sending shots. And I would of course shut them down on Twitter. And of course, you know with me on Twitter, when I shut motherfuckers down, everybody's like,
1: "Ooh. If you all don't follow Dot Adams on Twitter, At you're missing out." Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like missing all types of shit.
2: Yeah, so like I would do it and I would make it bigger and like his face would be getting red. You could tell cuz he would like he wouldn't even have facts. He would just like be sending like shots. He was just like, "Uh whatever, you're old. Once you go chew a chew stick or whatever and rock a backpack." I'm like, "Dude." <laughs> This is shit people used to say to me in 1992, you ain't got nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. And he would like, he would keep writing things that were m- like misrepresentative of the culture or just factually inaccurate or just ahistorical. And I would shut him down for years. And that's how like, I like our beef. And it got to the point where Elliot, Elliot's wife stopped fucking with me because Danica, how I was going Danica. at um, Danielle. Danielle. I will give her credit. She stopped fucking with me. Danielle Smith stopped fucking with me first. Because he would still follow me. So he would do his little, his little shows, his little podcasts or whatever, and he would still follow me because he, Elliot Wilson was not somebody who put his nose to the grindstone. He was not somebody who had his ear to the street.
0: He just kind of see what. Yeah, what you he,
2: were, he, he watched what everybody else yeah, was doing. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's where our issues lied. And he wasn't doing anything original. And another thing was um, curation. This is, this is key for me when Instagram was new and you could only do 15 seconds, I would go to shows, right? I would watch shows. I would anticipate what's going to happen in the show. I would record. I would record. I would record 15-second parts and I would go through them and I would delete the shit that didn't work. And if it was a good part, a 15-second part, I would upload that to Instagram. I would take pictures, still pictures, and i put it in between because and when you curate, you have to tell a story. Yeah. So if M.O.P. is in Boston, I'm gonna have them starting out fucking anti up, or the banter with the crowd. Then I'm gonna have a picture of them everybody bugging out or whatever. Elliot Wilson didn't understand that in, in curation. So what he would do, he'd go to a fucking Beyonce show. He would just record 15 second clip, 15 second clip, 15 second clip, 15 second clip. And I will go back and forth with people like he doesn't get it. Right. He doesn't understand because he never understood blogging. So my issue with him was philosophical, because why the fuck did you start a blog?
0: If you don't know how to
2: blog. If you don't know what blogging is or what it means. Why are you going to be a curator when you don't know what I to fucking curate? Are
1: well, you rap you, if you can't you, rap. How
2: are you going to say this are for the culture and then not fucking cover the culture? Um, When when um Five Points was going through its thing, before they shut down Five Points, Rap Radar never did a piece about Five Points. If you're here for the culture, why don't you do a piece on Five Points? Uh, If you're here for the culture, how come whenever they had the um Red Bull or uh, BC battles uh for the B-Boys, how yeah, come you never posted that on Rap Radar right. if you're here for the culture? Anything that had to do with like rap, actual rap or, or like hip hop, yeah. they never fuck with it. Right. How come you never posted anything that happened on the Red Bull um the Red Bull Music super Academy? For
0: mainstream yeah, fucking. Yeah.
2: So like the uh, Red Bull Music Academy, when they had call outs for people to like, you know, be the next class, how come you didn't post that on rap radar if you're here for the culture? So what happened was B Dot did his attack on hot ninety seven for not supporting supposedly yeah. um a New York New rap. York, right, yeah. And I'm like I've been on Hot 97 for not supporting New York rap since fucking 2005. (laughs) Where the fuck have you been? And I did this piece. that fucking destroyed B-Dot. It destroyed B-Dot to the point people in my DMs thanking me for doing it. (laughs) Thanking me for doing it. When was this? It's like 2011 or 2012. Was maybe it,
0: what was it called? Can we still find it somewhere? Yeah, it's on. um All
2: it's them shits on, are up. It's on. Um, it's on. Everything I did is still up. It's on. Bastard swordsman. Okay. I, I I can't remember exactly what it's called because I I wrote a hundred pieces on there. Yeah. Like quite literally, it's ten pages. If you go to page one and scroll down, page two, page three, you could go through everything I fucking wrote in three years on that shit in no time and you'll be entertained as fuck.
1: Writing yeah. is crazy too, yeah. man. Yeah. I've been so, up on shit a lot lately. So,
2: um, and it's like right now what I do is on um, Mass Appeal. Mass this Appeal, yeah. Um, knowledge Darts. But uh, basically, I've been going back and forth with, with them forever and now I don't even do it anymore because it's not fun and it's I don't have a point because Rap Radar has gone to a point where it's like, I don't fuck with it. I don't read it. Nobody talks about it where I am. And right. it's
0: just, they're not what they used to be anymore. Yeah,
2: Nobody talks about Rap Radar anymore. Nah. So it's like, what am I going at you
0: for? So I got
1: a few more for you just because I know we... we yeah, we got a rap. Yeah, I know. We got few. five or ten yeah. left tops. Um, You fucking hate this dude, Elliot, right? Whatever. Yeah. Who hates you and why?
2: Uh, Complex.
1: Complex fucking Complex,
2: hates uh, you. Noah, Callahan, Bever, and especially, um, what's that? Joe LaPuma. Yeah, they fucking Joe hate LaPuma. my guts. Puma. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yes, and I'm fucking glad. It's dessert because I earned
1: it. But, um, what um, was I gonna ask you? You oh, uh, you guys seen the fucking um? You guys seen the Ric Flair shit? Yeah,
0: I didn't see, the 30, see for thirty. I didn't see thirty thirty. I'm gonna watch it. This that shit was fucking amazing. Me imagine. and Lose
1: was talking about that shit on the way up here. Ric Flair is one. Of I need my to rewatch time. it though because that was one twisting. of my all time favorites. You a wrestling head?
0: Yeah,
2: I'm old.
1: I thought you was too, Um
2: I mean, if you grew up when you we grew up where you only had fucking seven channels, right, right, you right? You didn't have a choice. You grew up watching wrestling. But I'm
1: still ahead. You still fuck with it.
2: I fuck when with it. Can or I fuck it like? with it when I can, cause like I'll watch SmackDown when it comes on. But like, I understand wrestling is a different thing now. Like, yeah, for it's, sure. a, it's a it's an industry. Much like music and everything. Yeah, it's an yeah. industry, industry change. I think it's a creative. It's a creative industry now. I wish that they would listen to the fans more. Yeah, for sure. WWE pisses me off because there are people that could book better mm-hmm. that watch.
1: Me, you, probably. yes. If you,
2: yeah. There are people that could write better yep. that are in the fucking audience.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: I think one of the best things the WWE did was admit that it was fucking entertainment. That yeah. opened up everything. So when I watch it now, when you watch a fucking match or you see it's like Mickey James or something like that, mm-hmm. I think it's dope. That, what they fuck up is they don't embrace everybody. They have like, to, Like, yeah. dude, New Japan, yeah. um, um, every other fucking um, underground wrestling site, like, right. dude, they need to— Embrace that,
1: and they need to adapt that to. So, like, meaning, like, when AJ Styles show up, they just pretend that he just showed up. Yeah. <laughs> and this is his first dude, day on wrestling. Why don't or something? they
2: fucking mention where he right, came right, from? Right, 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 What are you doing? Everybody's watching it. They keep trying to put Roman Yo, over you're too g- and the crowd. Is yeah, just we hate it, obviously. Well, it, because dude. okay, this is where wrestling is like the music industry. They will do everything in their power to put somebody over. This shit is so true. And and try to make them win, and we see through it. Yeah. It's see-through, yeah. Make, I call it, make him look strong. And right. you all know, every wrestling head knows where that comes from. Right. I call it that in the music industry, too. I say that they did that same shit with, like, Designer. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm. they push everybody over. I kind of feel like they try. They kind of wanted to do it with Cardi B, but they didn't have to.
1: They didn't have to. They didn't, didn't
2: have to. She blew up on her own. She blew up in a way that they didn't expect. And now everybody's turning around like, wait, this y'all like that? Right. But here's the thing, the industry, are they going to try to make another one? Are they just gonna fucking stand back and let that happen? Mm. Because they try to push too much, and in wrestling, they really try to push too much, and they sometimes do it to the point where they you lose sight of what made people like a character, or what yeah. made right. people, what made people, what made a certain person resonate with them.
1: Now I hear a lot of that is Vince, and people are thinking, "Oh,
2: Vince is a fucking idiot."
1: People, a lot of people thinking when he's gone, which you know, Triple H, clock's ticking here. Take over, when he's take gone, over. when Trip takes over, they think he's gonna. You know, Trip did start. The NXT and all that shit movement. He is bringing some yeah. new things. Whatever. We'll see how that goes. But, but I was just curious go. if y'all watch that shit because even when you're not wrestling head, ESPN does such a good job with them thirty for thirties. Yeah, like non wrestling heads love that shit. Like I I don't fuck with baseball, but like I watch a yeah, of yeah a thirty they're for super, thirty because so dope.
0: Dart, uh, I got I got another last question. How much do you hate Big Sean? <laughs> okay, so yo Big Sean, my, my I, even issue, I
1: don't this.
2: mind him because you. My my issues, I'm not a fan. Issue, not a fan. My either? issues with Big Sean come from come from him make him look strong, and him being mediocre. Mm. Big Sean is super mediocre, but they keep trying to push him on everybody, and they keep trying to push him over. And the other thing is that I hear his albums, and I'm like, no. If he has a single that blows up, I'm like, eh. Yeah. They try so hard to get him over and move him to that that next echelon, that next tier, and he's never going to reach that tier. He's never, never gonna go. Never. With, he's never gonna reach it. I've been saying that. Yo, but name drops him on. That. Yeah, he yeah. Did, he of did. course he does. Because yo, he's from Detroit. Yeah. All yo, Detroit but, uh, artists p- push him crazy. Yeah, like um, I love and respect Royce the Five Nine. Yep. But no, Sean's not the guy. Nah. Yeah. He's not the yeah. guy. Yeah. There are fifty rappers better than Sean. Yeah. In Detroit right now, and I'm friends with like thirty of them.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask you this: Does your fucking skin crawl when he says B.I.G.?
2: Uh, no, because I've never heard him say it. Cause oh, I don't listen to his shit. I hear oh, him say that
1: shit. Yeah, if he's on the radio, he yeah. says that shit like in the background. B-I-G. Oh, I fucking want to blow my brains out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what? Yo, just real quick, uh, cause I you, in, you interviewed Prodigy. Yes, I did. What was Pro? I never met Prodigy in real life, and this was like this was only a couple years ago, right? This was like during the MIT shit or whatever.
2: Yeah, but I've I've known Prodigy since. He used to hang out with my cousins in Boston when they were signed to RCA together.
1: Oh, oh all right. So I Damn. know. So I knew, you had a I knew, relationship. I knew, with Prodigy, I
2: knew Prodigy. I knew Prodigy forever. Like he would see me. Like yo, you look familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you One know what those I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And um, I knew him. I also knew him through um Ice. Ice um, who was uh, who was like uh, managing him. And um, oh, all right. and like. When I interviewed him at MIT, it was like the first time I interviewed him in a long time. But it's funny because after M- interviewed him at MIT, if you watch the interview on um YouTube, I tell him that like, Naj just got a medal at Harvard. The
1: Harvard yeah. shit, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so it's possible. Next time I see him,
3: yeah.
1: he's
2: speaking at Harvard. <laughs> right. Um, he came through at Harvard with um Kathy Yandolini um for his book, The Commissary Kitchen, and I was there for that too. I right. Had
0: him, we had him on uh. I got him on the Hillman Morning Show to call in. He about came the through Hillman. I didn't even know he didn't that. Didn't come shit. through. He called. Called? That's yeah, still.
2: Dope. Yeah. But yeah, man. I interviewed. I interviewed a lot of people, man. Yeah. I, I hate being on, on in front of the camera too. But I'm. A, I'm. People say I'm a good interviewer. But I hate being on. Oh front yeah, of the you camera.
0: are. You. I mean, you just because you're knowledgeable, bro. I mean, yeah, for sure. You can always tell when someone like knows what yeah, they're nah, talking about. Yeah, no, he's not faking about. the phone. My, he never my, has my
2: favorite interview, I will say, is the is the Jada Kiss interview because he was high as shit. Don't. And I asked some questions to sober him up. You know, all right. where's all right. that can we find it's that on, on YouTube? youtube it's on youtube yeah. dark Ty- adams versus jada Kiss. yo oh, quick yeah.
1: because we gotta let you go who's who fucking sucked like to interview
2: uh well here's the thing um the way i interview interviews don't really suck but my hardest interview i will say <laughs> like how you my always hardest, find a way to big yourself up That's my major. hardest it. my hardest interview was um probably um
1: hardest All right, do that
2: pete rock because Pete Rock and I have a history that goes back to him being a fucking like teenager in like 1986 and my fam- him being family friends. So and then when I interviewed him,
1: Dog, the connection we
2: wanted crazy. to go, we we were I tried to r- rush it because Slum Village is on stage. If you li- watch the interview. You hear Slum Village performing on stage and they're doing their jams. So we're like oh, bobbing hi. our heads while we're yeah. rapping, yeah, yeah, yeah. While, while 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 we're doing the interview, and like we're trying to hurry up the fucking go interview so we can show. go watch the yeah. show. I didn't
1: see that one. I'll peep yeah, that one.
2: Yeah, so that was the hardest interview because I was like, yo, what like what am I gonna ask you? Right. And then I was like, now I'm not gonna try to keep you. Cause if you watch the Slum Village interview I did before, yeah. that's the longest Slum Village interview they ever did because we covered everything. They
1: fucked with and it. And the so Pete Rock
2: interview, I like I sped that shit up so we could go watch the show. So that was Crazy. the toughest one. Real
0: quick, Christ Dart out of- them, tell them where they can find you where they can read all your shit follow you uh on the socials let them fucking know right, let them read so, your
1: shit and your new piece so about the classics and tell them about the new piece coming up and where you plug okay
0: so um
2: every you can find me everywhere dart underscore adams instagram twitter um basically uh my first my blog's a uh poisonous paragraphs my next blog was bastard swordsman and I did two uh, two runs of the same, blo- uh, same um, column I do now. It's called um, Knowledge Darts. The first run was on, um, what was it called? The Stashed. So I did eight on The Stashed the from stashed, 2014 yeah. to two- 2015. The Stashed went under. So then mm-hmm. I brought it to um, Mass Appeal this year. So I've done 27 of them on Mass Appeal. The last piece I did was um, getting at everybody about uh, Classic. Uh, rap classics and how nobody knows what the fuck a rap classic is and they need to shut the fuck up. Everybody bags. gotta read that shit. The next piece I'm doing is gonna be called um uh Something Just Ain't Right. And um I'm just going to let you know that it's going to be like a pre- uh, like a second part to the first piece I did. Te- the first piece I did was telling everybody to shut the fuck up. The next piece I'm going <laughs> to do is telling everybody to sit the fuck down.
0: Love <laughs> it. I love it. Love it. Dart <laughs> Adams, thank you Dart so Adams. much for coming, man. That, no was, a, that was our longest episode, Snuck.
1: I, I knew it would be, and I and I I, yeah, I we could, knew, we knew I could do another two long. hours. Yeah, I, know I know you got to bounce yeah, this yeah, shit yeah, down. Yeah, I, I know, will be here all fucking yeah. night. We're
0: definitely going to have Dart Adams back. Thank you so much for coming. You can hit us up. We are at Stuck on Stuff Podcast on Instagram. Instagram, Stuck on Stuff on Twitter.
1: Stuck on Stuff, uh, podcast at gmail.com. gmail.com. Hit us up for anything. And uh, today's Stuck on Stuff is brought to you by Bodega Alexander in Lawrence, Massachusetts. And
0: also, you can still put in uh, coupon code Grimy on randys.com and get you some shit. He is Superstar Snuck on every, Superstar Snuck ST on everything. Superstar
1: Snuck, regular I on everything. suck your so kid. bad, superstar yo. go watch the videos on the best rapper. Let's
0: go. Grimy.com Thorazine Shuffle out now. Snuck, Stuck on Stuff, we'll see you next week. Peace.